0: this is the nothing but bucks podcast now here's your host tj reeves disappointing it's the only word that i can come up with on a monday after the bucks traveled off the bye week to nashville to play the tennessee titans and tennessee comes up 27 23 winners welcome in as we recap the game on sunday with highlights and interviews and much more and i know Buccaneer fans, it hurts. It stings. This was a game that was right there for the taking. You needed it. You needed it to get to three and four, headed to Seattle this weekend, and it didn't happen. There's no sugarcoating it. There's there's no way that I can sit here on this podcast and tell you that things are rosy, things are great when you've lost three games in a row. You know better. Uh, The one thing that I learned long ago In doing this, in doing radio, doing broadcasting, doing TV, various forms of five-day-a-week sports radio shows, uh, doing live play-by-play, doing what I'm doing right now on a podcast, you got to be honest. you got to be honest with the audience. If you're not honest with the audience, the audience sees right through what you're doing, and more than likely, this is the worst thing that can happen. They dismiss you. They turn it off. They go somewhere else if you're not honest. So uh, I will be honest with you here on, on a couple of fronts. Uh, The Buccaneers, I think everybody knows this and understands this, have talent, but you keep beating yourself with penalties, with turnovers, more of them yesterday, uh, more of both of those yesterday. You keep beating yourself in terms of poor pass coverage and allowing whatever the quarterback, whoever the team, to throw on you in key situations— there's there's no one to blame right now but the guys in that locker room the coaching staff yes but ultimately the guys in that locker room on making too many mistakes that's not the fans that that's not the opposing team per se sometimes the opposing team could goad you into a mistake but we're we're going to go over this in the uh, in the highlights when the when the bad snap happens in the first quarter for the fumble those are things that should not be happening in game number seven in the NFL regular season. The interceptions that Jameis Winston continues to throw over and over and over again, they kill you. They kill you. And I know there's a lot of debate coming out of this game because head coach Bruce Arians was saying after the game to the media in his press conference before I had the chance to talk to him on Buccaneers radio, don't put those on Jameis. But unfortunately, folks, across the board and game after game after game, there are too many... Interceptions and too many turnovers, giving the other team a short field and easy opportunities to score. That game yesterday totally flipped around on those two first quarter turnovers um, that end up costing the Bucks uh, dearly. After after it looked as though it was going to be a great start with an opening drive touchdown, that instead got a field goal. You're suddenly behind 14 to three. You're playing catch up again. Now to their credit, from the middle of the second quarter. Uh, Until the end of the third quarter, the Buccaneers were in really good shape and were outplaying the Titans. The problem is it's a four-quarter game, and the fourth quarter came around again. And once again, a couple of more turnovers. Once again, not taking advantage of, uh, of great field position defensively, allowing the Titans to drive 90 yards with the game on the line. Too many turnovers, too many penalties, too many blown coverages, too many mistakes. And again, I'm not revealing a nuclear secret with that. You can see that, you can watch that. So let me lay out for you what we have on the podcast. We've got highlights coming up, and there was uh there were some good things. There, there was one guy in particular that stood tall figuratively. He's tall literally with a great catch radius, and Mike Evans played every bit the part of a number one receiver, and then some on Sunday we'll get into those uh, numbers specifically but another big day for him with two more touchdown catches can't say enough about him can't say enough about Jason Pierre-Paul we'll have the highlight uh so many times in sports said this on the radio broadcast yesterday pregame and during the game so many times in sports uh we are guilty of using uh, as announcers as broadcasters writers will do this of of using remarkable incredible amazing and overusing it and almost dumbing it down or or dulling it. You can't say remarkable, amazing, and incredible enough about JPP recovering from a fractured neck, a fractured vertebrae in the neck, car accident in May, without surgery, rest, rehab, uh, great physical therapy from the Bucks training staff, the Bucks doctors, uh, his own uh, trainers and and uh, and second opinions that he got JPP got well as Bruce Arians has said the coach has said he's a physical freak to be able to get well and get healthy at the end of October and not have to have neck surgery which would have ended his season and <laughs> JPP steps out making plays like he's been playing all year long for this team on Sunday So there were some positives to take away from this game. Levante David plays incredibly hard uh, for this team with 12 more tackles uh, yesterday in the game. Peyton Barber runs incredibly hard. I know he got stopped on the key fourth down, but kids, this guy lowers his head with people in the backfield and rams through them. At about 6'1 and about 225 pounds, playing like a a bulldozing 250 pound back, like he's Derrick Henry. A lot of heart, a lot of want to from Peyton Barber. You watch these guys battle at field level, you feel for them that this team is not winning right now. But there are some positive things to definitely take away right now from what this team is doing. So, anyway, we've got highlights. Uh, a recap of the game, and then we've got some interviews. You'll hear from Mike Evans a little later on in the podcast. You'll hear from Levante David. You'll also hear our conversation from Bruce Arians as well uh, as we go along. So, again, Nashville, first time we had been there as part of this uh, rotation with the AFC South since 2011. And so the Bucks come around here with an opportunity to play the Titans, a, a Titan team that had benched the second overall pick, Marcus Mariota, last week. And Ryan Tannehill, the veteran quarterback, former Miami Dolphin, traded to Tennessee through for 300 yards in his first start last week against the Chargers. So now it's his second start of the, uh, of the campaign in this matchup as the, uh, the Titans were looking to get back to 500 at 4-4 four four on the year. So to start up the highlights, the Buccaneers got a- an early field goal from Matt Gay after a good opening drive, a long uh, pass play to Mike Evans, and a pass interference call, rightfully so, on Tennessee uh, sets the Bucks up inside the five. Unfortunately, they're not able to get in the end zone. That was kind of an omen early on in the game of what would happen next, where you didn't get up 7 nothing, You settled for the Matt Gay three points. And now let's pick up the radio calls as Mean Gene Deckerhoff and Dave Moore and I call things on Buccaneers Radio The Titans would be on offense, and right away, Jason Pierre-Paul. Amazing. Here you go.
1: Second down, 11, and JPP is in the ballgame. Movement across the line of scrimmage. Tannehill looks upfield. He will go. He is sacked at the 20-yard line. Tampa Bay Buccaneers get a quarterback sack of Tannehill. Was it JPP that got him? Jason Pierre-Paul, first play of the season, gets a quarterback sack of Ryan Tannehill.
0: First game back, second play out on the field, and JPP with the sack, a man that had 12 and a half sacks a year ago uh, after coming over in the trade from the New York Giants. Again, you talk about inspirational stuff. His 72nd career sack, and JPP would finish the day with three more tackles, all of them for losses in the game, along with the sack. Uh, just inspirational stuff. Uh, to watch in this contest, that's for sure. All right, so the Titans uh, end up punting the ball and this is where mistakes come into play. Here is how Gene called it, with the Bucks backed up in their own territory and a mistake happens.
1: ...backfield now for James Winston Here is, Oh, and he wasn't ready for the snap. The ball is loose, it may be recovered by Tennessee. Tennessee has the football, they say, and the officials agree. Winston was not ready for the snap.
0: So the fumbled snap, the botched uh, shotgun snap, is recovered by Tennessee, setting them up with a golden opportunity. I've had the chance now to go back and watch the TV tape again. I say to you uh, all the time when I'm working these games on the sideline, you are, especially when you're at home with multiple replays, at a better advantage to see everything that happens and have uh, you know, a chance to watch super slow-mo of things and know, know what happened and why. I'm not able to see that. A lot of times when we're in a stadium, they're not showing great replays on the video board. You can't see everything that's going on. In this particular instance, I can tell you from having done this long enough and talking to players, talking to coaches and knowing what happened, you can clearly see on the tape, the Bucks are trying to communicate on the offensive line against a loud crowd. And Ali Marpet is the guy that's responsible For saying to Ryan Jensen, let's go with the silent snap count, let's start. He usually does that by tapping him. You would see that repeatedly throughout the game as the game went on. In this case, Jensen, in a miscommunication, mistook what Marpet was doing. Marpet's looking around at the defense, looking back at Jameis, seeing if Jameis wants to take Uh, the play and and again it looks as though Marpet signaled Jensen somehow some way to start the silent count because you watch Jensen react he goes the one Mississippi if you will silent count and snaps the ball so miscommunication it's not on Jameis Winston Uh, you could see this if you were watching the game yesterday Winston was initiating the silent count by hiking his leg by stomping his leg on the ground he never does that on that play so he was not looking for the ball that one not on the quarterback. Still, nonetheless, it's a big mistake. And it leads to this for the Tennessee Titans.
1: Here's the snap. Tannehill will throw. Pass to Slap. Oh, ball, Touchdown, Tennessee Titans. Quick work after a Buccaneer fumble. And a hot shot to Janu Smith. Tight end was uncovered. And yeah. the Titans take the lead 6-3. to three.
0: Ryan Tannehill's touchdown, the first one of three on the day, puts Tennessee up on the board 7-3 at that stage. And again, there's life now in Nissan Stadium. Their crowd's going crazy, and the Bucs go back on offense here. And this this was a key juncture of the game. If if, uh, the Buccaneers could have put together a good drive, first downs, go get some more points, maybe get a touchdown, You've got the momentum, you take the crowd out of the game. Instead, the 180-degree exact opposite would happen in this instance as, once again, an interception takes place.
1: Here is the snap, dropping into his own end zone, Winston. Seam route, pass, it's intercepted at the 30-yard line. Picked off at the 30, to the 20-yard line. Across the middle, to the outside, the numbers, to the 15, to the 10. Tackled at the 5-yard line. Turnover, number two, Interception picked off. By Malcolm Butler.
0: Again, lots of debate on this one. The head coach saying after the game, put it on the receivers. I know this. Chris Godwin has had tremendous success. He's been feasting on defenses by running to spots and sitting down, especially inside of coverage. Uh, and that's exactly what he did in that instance. I-, I will again defer to the head coach, to Byron Lefwich, the offensive coordinator. I will tell you this. Godwin's open 15 yards over the middle and he sits down and the ball is thrown high by Jameis Winston if I I know from watching the TV tape now here again back to me being able to come back from Nashville and watch the TV tape if Godwin runs three more steps he's not gonna catch that ball period I'm just being honest with you he's not gonna catch the ball because it's overthrown so you can say what you want about the wrong route he's open on the route that he's running and and then the ball is thrown too high. It's an interception. And again, uh, not on the same page early on in the game. The good news is the Bucks would get on the sa- on the same page though after this. So Tannehill gets uh, Tennessee in the end zone again with his second touchdown pass of the day. The game is 14 to three. And then the Buccaneers begin to chip away. Put a drive together and get a field goal. Get the ball back and put another uh, field goal up on the board. Here's Matt Gay from long distance.
1: Good snap the spot down, and the kick airborne. And Matt Gay is responsible for all nine points by the Buccaneers in today's ballgame. He's kicked a 21, a 48, and now a 24-yard field goal. And with 3.47 left, Tampa Bay trails 14 to 9. We're down five.
0: Very quietly, the rookie from Utah has just gone about his business and continues to bang home the kicks. For Gay, that is 12 out of 14 made field goals now in the season. That's eight of nine field goals from 40 yards or more. What a weapon. And the lead is now trimmed in this instance to 14 to nine. And the Bucs are right there, right in the game. And then they would bring more of the defense against Ryan Tannehill. Again, Tennessee, without the turnovers, did not have a whole lot going. And the Buccaneer pass rush coming after Tannehill here.
1: Here is the snap, Tannehill, looking left, looking left, flushed out, He's has to go down, He sacked, back at the 33, loose football, Shaq Barrett gets the sack, and the ball comes loose, but the Titans hang on to it.
0: Shaq Barrett's 10th sack on the season, a new career high. And for Shaq Barrett, uh, that also is worth another incentive bonus. He got a $250,000 incentive bonus when he got to sack number eight earlier in the year. Now sack number 10 cashes in for another two hundred fifty grand. Good for him, uh, earning those incentives already in the contract. How about this? He's off to the fastest start. He's matched the fastest start right now through seven games in Buccaneer history with 10 overall sacks. It's also the second straight year the Buccaneers have 10 sacks in a season from a single player. JPP had 12 and a half sacks a year ago. So back-to-back seasons with that, we'd had a long drought of over a decade without a double-digit sack guy. Now you've got one two years in a row. Good for Shaq Barrett on the sack. And then the Bucs would flip things around momentum-wise late in the second quarter. We don't have the radio call of Gene and Dave here on Buccaneers Radio But a long 47-yard completion to Mike Evans where Jameis Winston basically made a freelance play under pressure, rolled out to the right, and put the ball up where Mike Evans could go make a play. And that's exactly what Mike did, leaping and making the catch inside of the 15-yard line of Tennessee late in the first half. And that would lead to this.
1: Third down, goal from the nine. Blitz threatened, here it comes. Winston rolls out of the pocket, throws toward the end zone. Oh, caught ball! Touchdown Tampa Bay, Mike Evans! It's been the Mike Evans drive. Four big catches, including the money grab. A nine yard TD on third down and goal.
0: What a combination throughout both of their careers Winston to Evans has been. Again, another good rollout by Winston. Put the ball right on the money to Mike Evans. I was right down in that corner of the end zone. Well thrown. And the touchdown makes the game 17-15. Bruce Arians elected to go for two in that instance late in the second quarter to tie the game up. Unsuccessful on the two-point pass play. And the end result is it's a two-point Tennessee lead at 17-15 at the half. Then we get to the second half of this football game. and, uh, And more. Good work by the Buccaneers, including a takeaway of their own here against Derrick Henry of Tennessee.
1: High formation now, Tannehill will feed the ball to Derrick Henry, finds daylight across the 45. He fumbled the football. It's loose. It's picked up by the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay has the football. Derrick Henry fumbles the ball, and Vernon Hargraves, Johnny on the spot, scoops
0: it up. So there's your first turnover of the day, Andrew Adams. Uh, officially credited with the takeaway. Ball may have been off of Henry's own knee as Adams was making the tackle. Still, he gets credit for it officially. Vernon Hargraves with the fumble recovery. And the Bucs flip the momentum right around, right away. Again, another big completion to Evans down the left sideline in front of the Tennessee bench. And that eventually leads here to Ali Oop.
1: One back said Winston, Winston looking, throws the pass toward the far sideline, caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay, it's Mike Evans again, and the Bucs take the lead for the first time since early in this ballgame.
0: Okay, you don't ever want to say, I'm I'm just being honest again, it's my theme today on Nothing But Bucks. you don't ever want to say that something is indefensible, that something can't be defended, but that's about as close to indefensible as you have in the NFL. Mike Evans, one-on-one. With an alley oop to the corner of the end zone with his long arms and his leaping ability. Good luck, defensive backs, on being able to outleap him. If the ball is thrown with enough touch and enough arc over the defender, he's not going to be able to stop that unless he interferes with Evans. Period. It's almost undefensible. Uh indefensible, rather, uh, in that instance. All right, so then the Bucks would go for two again here uh, at this point. Uh, at 21 17 there's no difference in being up by five or being up by six a touchdown and an extra point is going to put you behind so you might as well try at this point uh, to get up by six points Uh, so that's exactly what Bruce Arians chooses to do because he's also looking at maybe later in the game field goals might matter and we would much rather be up by six where two field goals can't beat you so here's the two-point play the snap, Winston, has tied, throws the ball. Hard shot caught. Two-point conversion. A hot shot to Chris Godwin.
1: And the Buccaneers, just like that, have retaken the lead. Eight points, 23 to 17 is the score.
0: Chris Godwin hauls that one in. And all the mo, all the momentum belonging to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For the 23-17 advantage, again at one point trailing 14-3, now you're winning in the second half in Nashville. And the Buccaneers kept the defensive pressure up uh, here in this instance. Another uh, Buccaneer outside rusher gets through. This time it's Carl Nassib.
1: Here's the snap, and here comes pressure. Tannehill, he's going to be sacked. Back at the 24-yard. Ball is loose, and the Buccaneers think they have it down with no fumble. Pierre Paul came up the with it. The
0: field that the quarterback was down. I think think it was
1: Carl Nassib that got the sack, and Jason Pierre-Paul scooped up the ball.
0: That's his third sack of the season. High motor guy, great effort. Uh, Former Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year at Penn State. Outstanding job by Nassib there on the pass rush as the Buccaneers were getting home against Ryan Tannehill. Uh, in this game all right so things would continue and uh, eventually the Titans would go as I mentioned on a 90-yard drive in the fourth quarter they sucked up uh, a good eight minutes of the fourth quarter going 90 yards Uh, Derek Henry with a big run Tannehill a couple of completions you move into scoring range here and uh, this ends up being a key moment where Tennessee gets in the end zone again
1: He takes the snap, looks toward the end zone, throws toward the end zone. Fault ball, touchdown, Tennessee Titans. A.J. Brown makes the catch on a crossing route. They fire the cannons in Tennessee, and the Titans retake the lead. It's 26-23.
0: Tannehill's third touchdown of the day. This one to the rookie A.J. Brown, their second-round pick. He comes up with that touchdown catch that puts the Titans up at that point, 27-23. 23 and so this would set up the end sequence of the final six, seven minutes of the game. The Bucks had another turnover as uh, the uh, pass by Jameis Winston was was stuffed. Uh, Harold Landry, the outside pass rusher of Tennessee, able to knock the ball out of Jameis's hand from behind. Got around Donovan Smith. Jameis still standing in the pocket, unaware. That Landry was coming from behind Knocked the ball away Tennessee recovers And now you're thinking Man, the defense has just got to hold them right here And try try to stop them Maybe they'll miss the field goal Maybe something will happen It's 27-23 Well, lo and behold That's when Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee coach Decided to go for a fake field goal A little trickery on Sunday in Nashville But the Bucks were ready And controversy reigns here around this play Here you go
1: The field goal attempt will be
0: a 46-yarder. He's
1: kicked a 51 and a 42-yarder. already. Oh, they got a trick play. A run to the left side. Tackle made short of the first down. Oh, picked up ball down the near sideline. Buccaneers have the ball.
0: That's the punter who's the holder. Brett Kern trying to run for the first down. Devin White does a great job of seeing it reacting. The Buccaneer defense had stayed out on the field, and White is able to make the play, uh, really blasting Kern, the punter, who's not ready for the hit. The ball obviously loose. Lots of debate about this play. Uh, Look, uh, the bottom line is the officials have been instructed over and over again from the vice president of officiating, Al Riveron, Uh, The edicts have come from prior supervisor of officials, Dean Blandino, who's now on TV with Fox Sports as a rules analyst. Uh, Over and over again for the last few years, it's been emphasized, do not blow your whistle. If the ball is loose, do not blow your whistle. And clearly you can see the one referee come in erroneously blowing his whistle and waving his hands while the Bucks have picked up the fumble to run the other way. I mean, just a few plays before, Jameis Winston had the ball knocked out of his hands while he's trying to throw it, and they officiated that play correctly by not blowing the ball dead. Now, granted, you've got two guys there in the backfield with the best look, and they didn't blow the whistle. They followed the policy. They followed the procedure. Here again, there's got to be accountability. I, I know the NFL is going to probably rule later on Monday. You'll hear Al Riveron talking about this, that the whistle should not have blown. It should have been a live ball fumble return that Andrew Adams took to the house. No one was going to catch him. It's an 80-yard touchdown going the other way that puts the, that puts the Buccaneers in front at that point, 29-27. It's, that's awful. There's no way to... to Uh, Sugarcoat that. That is an awful uh, officiating moment where no call was in order and they're stopping the play against their own edict of their own vice president of officiating who's saying you're not supposed to blow the whistle. Swallow it. Don't do it because we can't reinstate the fumble return when you've blown the whistle. You let the fumble return happen, and if it's a dead ball, we'll officiate it afterwards with instant replay. If it should have been a dead ball, if he's down, if it's down by contact, we'll officiate with replay afterwards. So I I know Adrian Hill's a first-year referee, and it should be pointed out, he, he struggled some yesterday, but he's not the one blowing his whistle. It's the side judge that comes running in, waving the play dead, blowing his whistle, and the Titans stop for a moment while Adams is running with the fumble. The play's dead at that point. Terrible. There's there's no other way uh, to describe that except it's not supposed to happen. I'll be fascinated to hear what the NFL says and what they do. They have, they have, in the last couple of years, fired officials, by the way. There have been two instances of it happening, one last year, 2018, one in 2017. I don't know that they're going to go this far on this play, but that's a huge play in the fourth quarter. I, I again will say to fans, to everybody that's listening, that did not decide the game because there's still going to be six minutes left and whatever happened after that, Tennessee would have a chance theoretically to tie with a field goal, win the game with a touchdown. That call was big, but it did not decide the game. Sure, you want the lead. Sure, you want to be kicking off with the lead and putting the defense back out on the field, but it, it, it did not. it's not like it's something that happened in the last 10 seconds, the last 30 seconds of the game where it would have been much more difficult to overcome for the Titans, is my point. All right, so they blow the play dead. The Bucks take back over. Uh, they then move into scoring position. Jameis Winston on a scramble, gets very close to the first down, doesn't get it. He's about a yard away, a yard maybe a little bit more. Fourth down play here for the Buccaneers, trying to keep the drive alive. Down by four, need a touchdown. And they elect here to go for it on fourth down, trying with the run
1: nobody jumps here's the staff inside draw play and diving over the top we do not get the first down Peyton Barber could not get a yard and the Titans hold. we have one timeout. that may not be enough
0: and Peyton Barber unsuccessful again credit the Titans defensive uh, front as well as they got penetration they knew what was coming you could say what you want about the play call uh, about the execution of the play didn't work didn't work on fourth and one. Drive over. Tennessee basically killed most of the clock. They punted with 40 seconds left. Jameis Winston threw the one final interception uh, at the end of things with 20 seconds left looking long for Brashad Perryman, but the end result is it's a Tennessee interception and a 27-23 victory. So the Titans improve to 4-4 four and four with back-to-back wins at home with their backup quarterback, former starter in Miami, Ryan Tannehill, getting both wins. Um, again, uh, if, if Buccaneers have to be saying, they were saying it after this game, have to have to be saying it watching the film, looking on Monday, that this was theirs. This was there for the taking. You're up in the second half. You, you have the defense on the field up 23-17, and you let Tennessee uh, wiggle off the hook by going and getting a field goal and then having another 90-yard touchdown drive. Uh, it just didn't do enough. Didn't do enough to put a game away that you could have won on Sunday. But give uh, give credit to Tennessee, too. They're able to get the win. All right, so after this game is over with, a couple of postgame conversations with both Levante David and Mike Evans, as well as the head coach. So let's listen in now uh, to the conversation first with Levante David. Twelve tackles on the game, one of the defensive leaders. Here he was immediately after it was over on our Hooters postgame show was a hard fought game. What did it come down to in the end?
2: Uh just grit, man. Just grit opportunities where we could start them on defense down by the red zone. I mean they scored twice in third down. Plays that we gotta get off the field on, but they made, you know, they made plays that they were supposed to make. But man, it's a game we should have had, but you know, it's just like beating a dead record, man. Uh, you know, beating a dead horse, man, you know. Just tired of being in this situation, you know.
0: You were able to get several stops in this game when you got the momentum in the game. Did you still have the feeling this was going to come down to a one-score thing in the fourth quarter? Yeah, of course. You know, I
2: believe every person in this locker room. Every person in this locker room got the mindset of believing in each other and know that we're going to come out with the game victory. No matter what the, uh, what the situation may be, we knew we had the opportunity to come out and win the game. Today we didn't get it done.
0: As a veteran here, this is tough coming off the bye. How do you keep things together, especially with younger guys on this defense?
2: Yeah, I mean, we just had a personal conversation, you know, with just the team. Um, you know, I let guys know how I felt, you know, speak my mind. But, you know, every time we play, we, we, each week out, man, we got an opportunity. So I hope the message got through to the guys. You know, I believe, I know it got through to the guys. So, um, you know, we just going to go back, watch the film tomorrow, and get ready for Seattle.
0: And as Levante said, he actually addressed the team uh, when they came in uh, it, prior to Coach Bruce Arians saying some words. Levante had some words to say as a veteran leader, a former pro bowler uh, on this team. Uh, Mike Evans, a, a, a humongous day. I know Mike would trade all the stats that he had yesterday to go get a win. Uh, but the the bottom line is he was lethal for three quarters of this game. 11 catches, 198 yards, two more touchdowns. Here was Mike Evans uh, gracious to stand with me real quick on our post-game coverage. Tough win, 27-23. Mike Evans graciously also stands here with me. This was a hard-fought game. Uh, same question I asked Levante. What did it come down to today? Fourth quarter, tough battle. What did it come down to? Just offense not not playing consistent at all. When you, you made a huge catch late in the first half, it seemed everything began to click offensively for everybody, including you after that. How did the tide turn and the offense start clicking, Mike?
1: Well, we, we got points, you know, we got points going into the half. Um, Jameis threw a great ball, gave me a chance, uh, caught that one, and I'll score later. Um, got us some momentum into the second half, and then we, we capitalized on that momentum. We just didn't finish.
0: Is this just another case where if you make mistakes, turnovers, that's what's going to come back to you. Is that what this one comes down to? Yeah, shit, it's the
1: NFL. I mean, you can't make that many mistakes. BA's, BA was preaching all week. If we play more physical and we play smarter, we'll win. And uh, that was the case. Uh, we just didn't play smart enough.
0: How prolific was that day from Mike Evans? How about this? It is uh, the second time this year that Mike Evans has had 190 yards receiving. He did it on 11 catches Sunday. He did an eight-catch, 190-yard day against the New York Giants earlier this year. In that Giants game, he had three touchdowns to go with the eight balls for 190. Here he had 11 receptions for 190, two more touchdowns. How about Mike Evans has become the first receiver In the NFL, since somebody named Charlie Hinnigan in 1961 to have two games in the same season, eight or more catches, 190 more yards, two or more touchdowns. That's pretty incredible when you think of guys like Jerry Rice and Randy Moss, the great receivers, uh, uh, Terrell Owens with all of his stats, Uh, pick one, Michael Irvin. Uh, Hall of Fame guys, Art Monk from the Redskins, just start going down the list. How about the Duper and Clayton Dolphins of 1984, that Duper or Clayton didn't have two games in the same season with at least eight catches, at least 190 yards, and at least two touchdowns? It's hard to believe, but Mike Evans, an elite company, he is the first guy to do that in almost 60 years, fans. That's uh, that's an that's an accomplishment, uh, with what he was able to do. Again, he would trade that on the stats uh, for a victory. Uh, we we talked about the fourth down play earlier, where Peyton Barber was not able to get the fourth and one in the closing uh, minutes of the game, the final two minutes of the game. Here was a, a couple of comments. Uh, first from Peyton Barber himself on trying to get the fourth and one, and also Ryan Jensen on that crucial play. Uh, here in this game, the Buccaneers center. Here you go. Just
2: trying to get downhill as quick as
0: possible. Um, short yardage play. Uh,
1: wasn't wasn't much wasn't much room sledding. I mean, everybody knew what was coming, but it's up to the runner to get those yards. So that's on me.
0: Ryan, is a we're live here on the Bucs Radio Network, as a veteran player, how do you hold things together when things are going tough as they are right now? You know, that's that's just
2: something we we have to do. You know, that's what we, we're paid to do. We're paid to go out and uh, win football games and. Uh, right now, we got to figure out a way to win games. All right, again,
0: Ryan Jensen talking here uh, with the media. Again, these interviews from our Hooters post game show on Buccaneers Radio here on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. So, a not so pleased head coach, Bruce Arians, with his team now two at five. I spoke with him after he spoke to the media, and again, a lot of you heard his post-game comments to the media defending Jameis Winston, talking about too many mistakes in the defensive secondary. Here was our conversation about this tough loss to Tennessee on Sunday. Okay, a lot of big plays, a lot of back and forth in the fourth quarter. What did this game come down to ultimately, Coach?
2: Really, it was us beating us at the end. I mean, our defensive backs um again gave up some plays where they're playing the wrong technique and i'm sick and tired of it to tell you the truth i think it's got to be corrected i didn't have to say a word after the game levante took over and and the leadership really showed up so you know it, it's it's frustrating to have a lead on the road and and blow it
0: all right there's going to be some controversy and I, i'm sure you may have been asked about it in here but it's going to be talked about a bunch when they faked the field goal and you hit the holder the ball appears to be loose they're not supposed to blow the whistle. From your standpoint, what happened on that play?
2: Yeah, it was a fumble recovered for a touchdown and an inadvertent whistle. And, uh, you know, just like, you know, James gets smashed in the face again and he doesn't get a penalty. I mean, it, it's, it's a recurring theme.
0: All right, another key play, a fourth and one with just outside the two-minute warning with about two-and-a-half or so to go there. Just take us through the play call and what you were trying there with Peyton Barber.
2: Yeah, we had a run-pass option. If they per a certain defense, we would throw the ball. If not, we had a good front. We just missed the blocks on the backside.
0: All right. Some positives. Mike Evans' monstrous day, second best day I believe on record for him at 198 yards. Why was he having so much success once he got going there in the second quarter, Coach?
2: Well, they were playing man-to-man and singling him, and uh, we knew going in, you know, that uh, we're going to attack it. And then second half, you know, double coverage showed up, and uh, um, we didn't run the ball well enough versus traditional cover two, where they're rotating the mic. And uh, you know, we did a, a couple jobs getting him inside. And, uh, but, you know, he, he's a hell of a player, and he, he brought us back in the game.
0: Jason Pierre-Paul, an amazing recovery. I don't think we can overstate that enough. Gets a sack on his first play back, the second play of the game. Ends up with three other tackles, couple other tackles for loss. Just say something about that, that guy being back and being out there today.
2: Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, he's a genetic freak, I think, the way he heals himself. And, uh, I mean, it's great to see him back because we've missed his leadership and, and his excitement on the sideline. And uh, between he and Levante, they're going to get it fixed.
0: And it, just on that very point, you have to go back, you have to regroup, you have no other choice at this point, right?
2: No, no. I mean, we've got, we got a big game going to Seattle, and uh, we got to scratch another one out on the road. Uh, in this road stretch, we have to win one.
0: Frustrating Sunday. Frustrating coming off a bye that this is now three losses in a row and you have to regroup in Seattle. Nobody's going to feel sorry for the Buccaneers that you're not getting to play a game at Raymond James Stadium. That's still not coming for another couple of weeks. Here we go with a trip to the Pacific Northwest for the of the Seahawks, uh, coming up in this one on Sunday. Got to get back to uh, playing more sound, fundamental football. Take better care of the ball. Again, 10 more penalties Sunday. Too many penalties uh, for the Buccaneers, uh, with pass interference calls, false starts. It's going to be loud at uh, at Seattle, at that stadium downtown. It's the loudest outdoor venue in the NFL. Uh, we've been there in the past. It's incredibly hard to hear. Their fans are bonkers. And the Seahawks were winners in Atlanta on Sunday. And uh, they are chasing the unbeaten 49ers for the division race, so they're going to be amped up. Let's see if our Buccaneers can rise to the occasion coming this week in the Pacific Northwest. A reminder here on Nothing But Bucks: subscribe to the podcast, however you found it, through Buccaneers mobile app, through Buccaneers.com, the live listen links, through social media, subscribe on iTunes, wherever you find podcasts. Go look for Nothing But Bucks uh, for the podcast, and it will come automatically to you after game days. Uh, here as uh, as part of our coverage on Buccaneers Radio. My thanks to Steve Carney uh, for helping me with the production here with the highlights and the interviews. Jeff Ryan is our director of broadcasting on Buccaneers Radio. Gene and Dave there on the calls. We thank you for listening as well. We'll be in the Pacific Northwest coming this Sunday. Two teams that came into the NFL at the same time, remember? 1976, the expansion Buccaneers, the expansion Seahawks will hook up again for the latest meeting between the two. Uh, as Russell Wilson and company are back home. Jameis Winston, Levante David, Mike Evans, and crew headed out to Seattle for this matchup Sunday Four Eastern Time is the game coming on uh, Sunday. As part of our coverage, we will be on the air at 2 Eastern Time as part of Buccaneers Radio and all of our coverage on 98 Rock and the Buccaneers Radio broadcast. You can hear us through the Buccaneers mobile app and Buccaneers.com. That will do it for this edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. I'm TJ Reeves. We're looking forward to better days ahead. Bucks and Seahawks coming Sunday. For now, thank you for being with me on Nothing But Bucks.